This week in league, Tim Moulton attempts to force this show into giving him our Tontine Soft Act of the Year award despite the Twillies being announced weeks ago. Simon Dwyer has some nerve playing for the Tigers in 2013. Isaac Luke attempts to force this show into giving him our Grub Act of the Year award despite the Twillies being announced weeks ago. And we preview the second round action for the 2011 Four Nations Tournament. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 72 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. How was your week? Fantastic, mate. There was some football, which is good. There was some football, which was always good to see. There was some Tigers involved, which is even better to see. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do nothing, but... um, Well, no, Benji kicked two goals. That must be a personal record. Well, mate, ne- <laughs> never looked like missing either of those two goals, I might admit. No, no. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I don't, I've got nothing to say about the West Tigers' performance. I mean, you know, the... I don't think I anyone, know, any, try. anyone, any, anyone, yeah. including their, anyone. Benji almost led a miraculous second half comeback of New Zealand epic proportions. I remember, I remember Benji throwing that massive cutout pass, cut out five people, and went straight to ground. That was epic. awesome. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember Kieran Foran putting up the kick that got him back into the game for a try. Really? Yeah. Your memory's a bit skewed. Kieran Foran's clearly taking the class through from the the NRL season. You Benji, think? Benji choking it. Everything he's learned from Benji in his in his apprenticeship playing for the Kiwis is, is starting to pay off. And you know, it, good luck to the kid. Good on him. But anyway, let's let's keep our powder dry until the preview section. I know that we like start from talking about football because last week we didn't. Or you know, really, <laughs> all sorts of other shit. I can't even remember. And I'm starved from talking to dickheads, and it's good right? to be here tonight. You were here last Getting week. Getting my fill of you, dickhead talking. <laughs> you, were, you were here last week as well, so your argument is invalid. <laughs> Housekeeping shop. Uh, we had a couple of orders coming through the shirt for the shirts, which is awesome. Um, so hopefully we can take them off pre-order soon and pull the trigger on these bad boys. Um, once again, if you're thinking of grabbing a shirt, make sure you get on ASAP because uh, we don't want to hold up the people who already jumped in and want to very latest get them out by you know like you know hopefully you know later the very latest by Christmas. But I mean we want to get them out you know kind of you know, if we can get them out by the end of the Four Nations that would be great. Also, placing an order for some of the large to extra large curved brim hats. We've already got a couple of back orders, and we'll be placing another order. Well, would have been placed by the time you're listening to this. So, uh, if you do want a generously proportioned curved brim this week in league cap, feel most free to place popular your item, orders. I would say. Yeah, the hottest seller by far, and um, it will be placing another order for those. And uh, if you want one, whack your order in, and we'll make sure that they go in the post as soon as they become available. And speaking of the post, uh, everybody should have their Jabras by now too. So um, if you've had got your Jabra, and you, um, well, more importantly, if you don't have your Jabra by the time you're listening to this, then um, by all means, hit us up with a tweet and let us know, or hit us up with an email at hello at thisweekinleague.com. Let us know because uh, I got tracking shit on all on you know on all those parcels. So you know they they theoretically they shouldn't be able to wander too far if you haven't got them. But I'm I'm sure everyone's going to have them by now. And we want your feedback. Yeah, and make sure yeah send us uh, send us ideally if you know you hit us on Facebook or whatever and give us a you know a, a reasonable you know account, account of what you think or on, on the, the forums, website. Yeah, yeah and um. Or send us a tweet, and uh, you've got Jabra there too at Jabra underscore ANZ, uh, and you know throw them into the tweet as well, so they can see what the deal is because uh, they're very interested to hear what people think about them as well. Podcast awards. Thank you to everyone who voted. The voting window has now closed, and the votes are being tallied. 
on the site it says that November 4th is the date when they're going to announce the winners at some blog expo slash conference uh, in the States. Whether we're going to be able to find out about that, you know, whether we won or anything then, hopefully we can. Otherwise, I think they're doing like an, an awards ceremony, like simulcast online thing uh, later in November, 20-something. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, 20 I think they, I think they are doing that via their website, that yeah. November 4th thing, which will oh, okay. be Saturday for us, won't it? Yeah, so... Uh, have to park it, park in front of the computer, and uh, mm. see the feel the disappointment firsthand when they read out ESPN something something. <laughs> see, you've, you've gone the opposite. I'm confident. I'm supremely confident. Well, I mean, I you know, know I know that I couldn't. Twill Nation have, getting us over the line. There's no doubt. I know that personally. You can't lose. We're I know, in this shit. I know personally that I, I couldn't have done anything more. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I had a red hot go, and so did other members of my family, including Jackson. Yeah, his email address. Yep. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, some various my my work. You know, me at work, my my personality at work had a vote each day. Well, my home personality use, also. Use the term personality loosely with you. Uh, oh, hopefully, like my wife mop. voted every day, but you know, I'm pretty sure she probably voted like twice. When like I a wet mop mated with a house brick. What's that? Your personality. Do you think? Yeah. You think? It's very extremely poor and boring. It's a winning personality, though. Oh, it could well be. Winning, All three of them. Winning manly personality. <laughs> and uh, it just keeps going and going. Can't Apparently. be stopped by uh, esophageal obstructions. You think? Unlike certain uh, <laughs> certain teams. <laughs> of course, I'm I've in the Dragons. No I'm yeah, in the Dragons, of course. Yeah. Um, that's that's it. I mean, we was gee, we were already on, we were already rabbiting on and, and going into film mode, and it's only like six minutes into the show. Um, do you have any? It's what this show's all about, Nathan. Yeah. It's true. Two yeah. blokes talking shit about footy. Or yeah, but some, two blokes just talking shit. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe we need to yeah, change the name of the show for the off season, <laughs> <laughs> the summer edition. Um, do you have any other housekeeping stuff? Do I get to wear a Hawaiian shirt if it's a summer edition? If you like, and no pants. Well, if we go, if you want to take hey, that, if you want to get a headset, plug it into your home computer, and we'll do it by Skype. Yeah, you can go nuts. Where's, so you wouldn't you wouldn't welcome little Glenn into the recording studio, like Vale Studios, every week, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the fact that he's got a beautiful head of hair, he does. He does. <laughs> girls get the girls. That's what they say. And he, and, and and he looks the least least similar to Carl Pilkington <laughs> as anyone I've ever seen Which, in my life. As he gets older, he'll be very thankful for. <laughs> News. First story. Timmy Moulton, as we said in the intro, he's trying to get us to award him our Cat of the Year award. He's threatening to sit out the season should he be forced to honour a contract with St. George Illawarra. To be fair, I wouldn't want to play for the fucking Dragons either. Good work, Timmy. In a further twist to the contract wrangle, Moulton has told those close to him that he would rather sit on the sidelines than leave the Tigers. Actually, he actually wrote a list of a dozen things that he'd rather do than play for the Dragons. (laughs) He signed with the Dragons, but he's refusing to honour it, and the Tigers are claiming they have not released him from his current deal. I'm sure it won't come to that, one of Molson's Tigers teammates said. I think it will be all worked out, but that's something he would look at. Molson's threat may come from a frustrated player, but it will further infuriate the red and white army after his manager claimed it would be intolerable to make his client play for the famous club. Walton was set to leave the Dragons after signing a three-year deal with the Dra- sorry, leave the Tigers after signing a three-year deal with the Dragons until it had emerged he had not been granted a release. Uh, and so that would put him into illustrious company 
uh, one of the Gronkimus Maximuses of the Rugby League world, Gordon, Gordon Tallis. Tallis. He was the last player to sit out of season when the Dragons refused to release him from a deal after he signed with the Broncos. Um, Gronkimus Maximus. <laughs> Gronkimus. <yeah. laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Now, uh, Martin Torber, who is the uh, the manager for Tim Moulton, he pleaded uh, for the NRL to take his client's wishes into consideration. Um <laughs> No, <laughs> why? He signed the he, he signed the deal. Um, I understand that you know perhaps legally. I mean, well, I guess we're going to find out. It's going to come down to some the letter sort of-, of the law. And, and I think if it was a, a you know if it was a, come to a legal fight, I think the fact that the dragons have been fairly sloppy in their paperwork, which happens in a, a vast majority of these sorts of transactions, it's For just sure. a given and it's an assumption that the release is going to be provided when you get to the point where a, a player's been given verbal authority to, to negotiate with other clubs yeah. and signs a deal, then the, that written release from his existing employer is, is generally forthcoming and there's never any really questions asked. But in this particular stance, the Tigers have handled themselves fairly poorly and and they're clinging to this legal this legal thread of, of the fact that they haven't formally given him a release um, in light of the Robert Louis situation, and they're clinging to that for all it's worth. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that that's pretty poor form, and it's it's pretty it paints the Tigers in a really poor light, and it paints them in in a light that I, I really feel embarrassed about in this situation. I love Tim Moulton as a player. And I was really sad when I heard that he was going to be leaving the Tigers. But to be honest, like this is a lot of drama to yeah. be going through. Yep. Um, for a guy one year removed, probably you know six eight weeks at the back end of the season. Even if you said ten ten weeks at the back end of the season, where he really turned it on from fullback. But yep. prior to that. I wasn't exactly setting the world on fire. I was coming off the bench, playing a bit of... Had a pretty much a year off with an the injury. Centers, yeah. um, had, you know, pretty much a whole last season off with, with his knee injury. And, like, great great talent, great player, and done some good things for the Tigers this year. But, jeez, you know, really starting a jihad with the Dragons over that. Really marks himself as a player that just really... I mean, his word means jack shit. Um, well, he's not exactly alone. Tigers, the Tigers, as well as a, as a club, the administration. Um, but you've already, you know, talked about how it's, uh, you know, paints them in a bad light. It so certainly does, and I think the Dragons probably, you know, like I said, a lot of these traction transactions do go on, and and the team that is, is due to receive the player generally takes it as a given. But I would imagine clubs in the future now are going to be a bit more more diligent with their paperwork and make sure they have that sign release so they can't go through this sort of bullshit. And they can put it back on the player as well, especially as a player like Molson, who people weren't beating down the doors to get their hands on him, and he was like potentially looking at, you know, not having a a club club. to play for. You put the situation, you know, if you, you, you manage it differently, say, you get your release, then we'll talk. Yeah. No release, no signed release, then... So we'll hold off until yeah, and and that would have you, you better believe that sign release would have been forthcoming within yeah, a week because exactly he would have been right. like shit. Look, there's some interest. Oh, I need a club. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, and I just I feel a little bit for the Dragons fans, and it's the, the irony is that Tim Moulton joined Twitter um, late last week, and I didn't see a lot of smashing going on. I did. I, did I saw really. an absolute shit ton of smashing. It was okay. I saw a little bit. I didn't. I wasn't on Twitter much and. Um, I didn't see a great deal of it, although Bryce Gibbs did predict that, um, <laughs> that 
Dragons fans would crush him off Twitter in about well, 10 minutes. So. And even today, Bryce, he said something to him about he, he, he was still um, sinking the boot in. Um, <laughs> you know, telling, you know, just asking about you know, why would he sign for a club when you know, <laughs> he didn't want to go there. I often, in these sorts of situations, when I try and get some perspective, I often try and put myself in, in you know, how would I handle that situation? Yeah. And if that situation arose for me, I would, I would genuinely say, you know what? I probably would be rather would rather be staying at the Tigers or, or you know the club that I've been playing for. But this club's been good enough to sign me to a contract. I've given them my word. Yeah, I'm going to honour what I've said I was going to do, and I've signed that contract. I'm going to honour that mainly because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's well, what you do worst case scenario, you do something like you say, look, where was you know, the where release- was the Tigers' loyalty to Tim Molson? When, when all like, this you know, salary cap bullshit was going on and the Adam Blair sweepstakes yeah. were, were happening, yeah. where was their where was their loyalty to Tim Moulton that he he was going to be when you know, the halfback of the when future? When Robert Louis kept his hands to himself for full six months, exactly all the all the fullback of the future, whatever yeah. position he's going to play next season if he does play at the Tigers, they didn't give it a second thought, mate. No. He they were shipping his ass out the door, and Robert yeah. Louis was going to be the halfback, and probably Tedesco or. Mitch Brown or someone was going to be the fullback next yep. season. Yet all of a sudden, oh, I've got this, you know, these strong ties to the to the Tigers who pretty much arsehole me out of the club. Yeah. You know, because of my mates. Like, we I understand he's close with a lot of those blokes, but, jeez. Worst case, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's still, it's not like he's moving to bloody Auckland. I yeah, mean, you well, know what I mean? Like, you can still be close. You can still be mates. You still could, you can live exactly where you live now and drive to training, yep. Cog Row, you, you know, drive down to Wollongong. It's only 40 minutes from something. Mm. It's not like it's going to kill you. But the thing is, like, worst case scenario, you'd say, look, I'm going to have to honour this deal. Yep. I, I signed it. You know, I'm a man of my word, unlike Tim Moulton. But what you'd do, you'd maybe go to the Dragons and say, look, the release isn't forthcoming. You know, I've, you know, I've, I've had second thoughts about it. Um, I'm very, I'm well prepared to honour the contract that I've signed and everything, but you know if you could find it in you know yep. a way that you know we could sort of you know yeah, there's, there's definitely ways to handle it that are, that Rather are far say, more oh, advantageous say, to say, everyone oh, right, involved. I'll sit out a year, all right, or bitch. three years maybe. Yeah, or three years. I mean, what's going to what, what? Where's the year? I mean, what? How does it work with the the whole contract thing? I don't know because it's not a yeah. It's a three year deal, and it's a three year deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I assumed that the the, the situation would be that. With Talos, uh, Talos had a year to run with the Dragons, and so he moved, then he moved to sign the Broncos. Wanted to get a release, didn't get it, so he just sat out that final year. And where's he going to be after three years? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know who's going to sign him then? You can go to Probably not the Tigers. No, you can go to England because Adam Blair will be due for a new deal. New deal then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After, after and he would have won three straight Dalian three medals. <laughs> I mean, three straight three, three straight Dalians, um, without a premiership to show for it. Um, <laughs> Still on the Tigers, Simon Dwyer has a surgery update. Simon Dwyer, he believes that his dream of returning to the NRL remains alive after his nerve graft surgery was hailed a success. A cloud has hung over him since he suffered a brachial plexus injury against Canterbury in round 16. After enduring... He was forced to walk off the fucking field. In fucking uh, more atrocious conduct from the West Tigers. I mean, I don't know why we're getting surprised these days. I mean, you take know, it this, easy. This, this const- there's only so much of this I can take. This man. constant Just inclusion of low to Kiri in the side. Don't get that stupid look on your face. Your <laughs> elbow's coming your way. Well, Robert Louis, I mean, you have to beat a kid to death before he'd get dropped. <laughs> Seriously. Um, after enduring a marathon, 16 hour surgery, and a week of recovery time fucking in hospital. What? Yeah. That's a long time to be under. He would have been quicker to have, fucking have a kid. 
<laughs> honestly. Um, he's been discharged. I'm not sure gym. that would have fixed his nerve problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> would have, <busted laughs> would have made him a fucking ones. millionaire if he spat a kitty at the end of his six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dwyer has been discharged to begin the long road to recovery. Uh, his quote was, it was good. The doctors found I still had a bit of C5 nerve in there. They used that and didn't have to cut my legs open, so they were pretty happy with themselves. Um, it was successful, so we'll wait and see. I should start getting some feeling back in my arm between six and th- between six and three months. So clearly, they must have taken a few nerves out of his brain, and he's gone a bit dyslexic. Then you get feeling on from there for up to two years. I won't be playing next year, but I might be a chance the following year. That's a good outcome, I guess. So he emerging from surgery groggy and with blisters everywhere. I don't understand. That's a quote: groggy and with blisters everywhere. I don't understand the significance of that and why, where the blisters would come from. But maybe I'm sure it's a doctor. adverse reaction to, well, yeah. uh, you know, maybe it's a side effect or whatever drugs he yeah. was under. Uh, Dwyer has yet to regain any feeling in his arm. He'll remain in a sling for the next three weeks, but he'll begin physio shortly after. Um, and then the, the article goes on to to speak about um, how how terrible it was to watch the Tigers Premiership uh, derail from the sidelines with the Warriors game. And I didn't want to bring, I didn't want to read through that because. I, you were the same boat as Simon, you know, helps. I'm in the same boat as Simon. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not. Well, well I mean, you know. <laughs> you know what? I'll get up tomorrow and I can go to work. I yeah. can do my job. It's He's true. He's got a year or two ahead of him. You've got, bust, you got a busted shoulder as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're like kindred spirits. You yeah. both watch the Tigers choke at the end of the season. I'm no Dwight Borg. <laughs> <laughs> um, Simon Bot. Yeah, yeah, and he was. It, it goes on to say that he was. Uh, he was even thinking of going over to the Mayo Clinic in Texas because um, there's similar sort of surgery. But obviously, you know, they do things a bit more experimentally uh, at the clinic. Uh, but um, he reckons he's going to come back. He's going to play in 2013. Best case scenario, it'll be the uh, story of our 2013 premiership victory. Simon Twyer forcing his way back into the side by way of pure, pure grit, first pure heart, player. first first amputee. <laughs> I thought he was an amputee. First, I think I think you'll keep the arm. first amputee to play in the NRL. But yeah, hopefully he does supplementing um, his income in a Def Leppard tribute band. <laughs> I, I just I just say I, I wish him all the best of luck, and hopefully he does come back because uh, he was awesome before. I mean, what a what a freak, weird injury to sustain. He deserves far better for the time and effort that he put into the club and and the performances he put in on the field for the Tigers and. He was one of our most promising young stars and it was really sad to see him get hurt and, and even sadder to realise the extent of the injury and how long he was going to be out for. I love him as a player and, and hopefully we get further updates from his dad on Twitter and, and also Simon himself and through the Tigers club as to how he's going. And um, He has a full recovery and, and makes his way back onto the field and continues his career. Hopefully, you know, when it comes to the end of it, it's just a blip on his radar because he's got a massive future. Yeah, and hopefully when he does finish his uh, two-year mission to uh, getting his arm right again, he uh, switches sides and goes to a team that won't make him fucking walk off the pitch when he's injured badly like that. Nicklin's still blowing up about it. <laughs> she really She's still blowing up. She, she picks her battles sometimes, doesn't she? <laughs> that's, that's the last thing I would expect. Yeah. Well, she picks shit to hate, like me. Yeah. <laughs> she really clings to it. Speaking of things we hate... The New Zealand players have leapt to the defence <laughs> of Booker Isaac Luke and hit back at accusations this from the Australian This week's thing we hate, New Zealand. <laughs> Next week's Cronulla. The week after that, New Zealand and Cronulla. And, and Manly. <laughs> no, we don't hate Manly. We love Manly. Uh, New Zealand players have leapt to the defence of Hooker Isaac Luke and hit back at accusations from the Australian camp that they employed dirty tactics in the opening Four Nations match. The Kangaroos are still seething the day after Friday night's 26-12 win at Warrington and a number of players told the Sun-Herald 
that they felt action needed to be taken against Luke, Jeremy Smith, and Jared Warrior Hargraves. Poor old letters. Why are you bringing letters into it? He's clean skin over alleged incidents of foul play. <laughs> Luke was the main target of the Australians' a trio anger. of grubs. <laughs> letters is not a grub. He's one of our mascots. He's, he's got. Our, our he on that black and white jersey. He's got a bit of grub in his game. Our, 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 mascot, our mascots are future, all future immortals and selected for their for their high high breeding and uh, and clean play, <laughs> like like Romulo, etc. Um, and was, ability to kill people. Yeah, Luke was the main target of the Australians' anger after his cannonball tackle on David Shillington and assistant coach David Ferner, who is Shillo's club coach at Canberra, said all teams had been warned before the tournament that the tackle was outlawed, but nothing had been done. We were told going into the competition that cannonball tackles, as they are called, were out, but there's one in Newcastle, and the same player applied the cannonball tackle two weeks later, Ferner said of Luke. Unless they take a stance against it now, we're going to see it through the tournament. It's more than dangerous, and we saw that with what happened to Shillo. Incidentally, Shillo's going to be playing next week so what happened to him was nothing more than a scare but well much like the rest of Shiloh his knee's probably made of marshmallow yeah well Tontine <laughs> Tontine the fluffiest of... duck down <laughs> uh, Ferner also said that Cooper Cronk had his nose broken in the last tackle of the game and uh, Anthony Watmo had his uh, elbow hyperextended in a wrestling hold so someone's fucking armbarred chalking through the course of the game so, oh, I didn't see that happen but um I'm sure the replay will be out there. Uh, Tim Sheens and the players are not happy with what New Zealand was able to get away with, Ferner said. I think at times they were able to implement some things I don't believe are rugby league. Well, so, there's a lot of stuff that New Zealand players do on the field that wouldn't be classed as rugby league. Exactly. Most of the things they do with the football. <laughs> a bit of good ball in hand, yeah. And, um, and their defence, certainly, with uh, like the, the try that uh, the uh, T-Rex set up for, for Thurston and the, and the try that uh, Matt Scott scored as well. Yeah. I mean, they certainly didn't That's employ synchronized swimming, boys. That ain't rugby league. <laughs> yeah. yeah that certainly isn't, uh, isn't tackling, as far as, I, uh, as far as I understand it, anyway. Um, One thing about Isaac Luke, you see him in the Harker, right? Yeah. He's fucking there. His passion, his tongue's out. His eyes, are rolling, eyes, yeah. his eyes are rolling around his head like a fucking poker machine. Yeah. What do you expect? He's like one of those Google eye dolls. You know, he's like plastic Google <laughs> yeah, eyes. exactly. <laughs> what do you expect? The guy's got no control over what he's doing out there. No. And he's got a little man, like little, I mean, he's the littlest man. He's got the biggest, biggest dose of little like, man syndrome you've ever to seen. To be fair though, he's two foot tall and Chilo's six foot 30. Yeah. Like, he'd probably hit him higher if he was tall enough. He was actually you know, aiming. He, he, he fucking jumped up two foot now and he got his knee. I mean, he was aiming. I mean, he, let's face it. I mean, he had bad intentions. He was aiming to coat hanger him. <laughs> <laughs> he was just six foot too short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I think the Australians have every right to be pissed off with some of the tactics. But from a New Zealand perspective, um, they want to be careful because their opportunities, as, as has been proven in the past, to beat Australia is when they catch Australia by surprise. And... If you get a fight up Australia, yeah, and they start dominating in the forwards early and get a roll on, and, and they don't give, want a lapse. Sorry, they don't want a lapse if they fight. You know, no, exactly up. right. And the times where they have beaten them in finals in tournaments were, is where Australia have probably coasted through. New Zealand's flown under the radar a little bit, or Cup, a couple of Billy Slater, Billy Slater moments, and um, and New Zealand have come and got them. <laughs> I was going to say the times when New Zealand caught Australia is when Australia selected Billy Slater as fullback in the but finals. You only have to look at the Four Nations <laughs> final last year. Like Australia were, were flat and they were complacent yeah. in that game. World Cup finals are much the same. And Billy Slater was hopeless. So. Well, yeah, there's that. There's the uh, common thread there. Yeah. Um, I don't know that New Zealand want to face Australia when they're fully fired up. And we've seen like the backbone of the Australian side when they were playing in Queensland jumpers when they're fired up and they've got an axe to grind, much like the, the Greg Inglis thing when, when yeah. Joey, the racial slur. Um, that's tough to come up against when you put those talented players together with an axe to grind on the field. Yeah. And... 
New Zealand can't compete when that's the situation they're playing under. No. And if they're if they've got any hope of, of winning this tournament, they want this to die down really quick and not make a big deal about it. So they should probably shut up, realise what they've done, and probably um, implement some other sort of tactics into their play. Cause and we'll talk about the way the game later. But I mean, the, the aggressive uh, the aggressive angle, the aggressive strategy hasn't really worked for me either. That's been their strategy since the dawn of time. I mean, like at the moment, what are they? They're sitting on about you know 70, 70 points to like twenty or yeah, something like I'll, that. I'll I mean, take you, you know, Jeremy Smith, and I'll I'll raise you a Paul Gallon, and I'll take your letters, and I'll raise you an Anthony Watmay, mm-hmm. and I'll take your Isaac Luke, and I'll raise you any uh, Luke Lewis or any number yeah. of player in the Australian side, certainly through the forwards, yeah. that are more than capable of matching their aggression and their power, yeah. and probably has a, a significant advantage in skill level. So. Yeah. You know, I welcome that. If I was the Australian team, and Tim Sheens in particular, I'd welcome that that attitude. And if T-Rex fucking walks past the mirror and has a look at the size of himself yeah. one day, he's already waking well, up. Well, generally he's that tall. Most mirrors don't go that high. So he looks yeah. in the mirror and he sees his legs. Yeah. He goes, oh, I'm a little bloke. The mirror's fucked. He's like, <laughs> it's a broken mirror. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a bit like me as an arse at, the, arse at the top of two legs. But, yeah, it's... Um, I, I don't know New Zealand's going to have anything to gain out of employing those sorts of tactics. They're going to have to go back to the drawing board because they're not going to beat Australia like that. NRL season 2012's opening match has been decided and Wayne Bennett has been pitched into the ultimate blockbuster to launch the season with the Newcastle Knights to host his former club, St George Illawarra, on Thursday night. The first time ever for the season being kicked off on a Thursday night and uh, it's going to be the grudge match. Wayne Bennett versus the Dragons on March the 1st. Why they're doing a Thursday night, I'm not quite sure. It's going to be at Osgrid. You know it's going to be sold out Yeah, well in advance. Um, the whole Tinkler era, the official, I guess, beginning of the Tinkler era. Sure, he had the club you know, partway through this season, but this is now all his plans, all the things he's bought, players he's bought, stuff like that. It's all going to start and come into effect. Do you know um, what I, I, I look forward to? What's that? I look forward to Wayne and Fluffy yeah. packing their bag for the game. You know, they pack in, you know, they're, they're, well, obviously Fluffy's got to pack his jersey and his clothes yeah. and Wayne will pack his jumper and a little blankie fluffy in case he gets cold yeah. at half time. Maybe a ball of wool. Ball of wool, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bottle. Motorized mouse. A bottle in case he gets hungry. Yeah, yeah. Um, his favorite teddy bear. Yeah. Packs them all into a bag, puts it into on the back of his motorcycle. Fluffy jumps in the sidecar. Of course. Wayne puts on his leather helmet yeah. and his goggles. <laughs> and off they go to the game. Wouldn't that? I can't. I can't wait to see that. It's going to be magnificent. It, so you've got confirmation that the camera crew is going to follow that. Of course. Why wouldn't you? That's a reality show waiting to happen. Well, yeah, but they just they don't tend to. They haven't done that in the past. They didn't do that when you went to the Dragons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's just, it's a dawn of a new age. Tinkler's got the money to make that happen. It's true. It's true. He's probably bought the crew as we Possibly speak. Possibly the greatest reality TV show ever. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, the official NRL draw still hasn't been finished. They reckon next weekend. Uh, so, yeah, but that is next weekend. I mean, you've listened to this on a Thursday, the weekend. Hopefully, um, the AFL, you know, we'd like to smash the AFL, but it was last week or the week before they released their full draw, mm. times of the day, days for each game and venues. None of this five weeks in advance shit. That's that exactly how it should be done. As much as it pains me to credit the AFL with anything, that's exactly how it should be done. Let us, people that have to travel or people that have budgets, etc., work out their, where they're going to be on one exactly. particular weekend and how they're going to fly down, etc. 
age-old fucking argument that we have every season and no one ever seems to listen. Where's the independent fucking commission? And when they do it five weeks in advance, the argument would be that, you know, you want the, you know, Channel 9 have to select the games they think will be the best. But even with that five-week in advance window, there was still, like, you know, Parramatta versus South on a Friday yeah. night. I mean... Roosters versus Parramatta. Parramatta. Still getting a lot of Monday night games and Friday night games. Towards the end of the season, they should have been playing. Was it, was it week? There was the second last round of the competition yeah. when the 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 Brookvale brawl Friday yeah. night game, clearly blockbuster. One versus two, Manly versus the Storm. Yeah. The second game that night was Parramatta versus East. Two yeah. teams who well out there of was advancing for the finals. Five weeks earlier, they were still shit, and the, and there was nothing that they were going to be able to do to turn it around and make a run for the finals or anything. So the five week system you isn't working. You could have literally done that prediction 25 weeks yeah. out from that game and realised that those teams were shit. The only thing to say that game was <laughs> Joey and Freddie doing the drunken <laughs> commentary which was excellent and maybe that was the point. I don't know. But <laughs> maybe it was just a low-key game to blood them. <laughs> I, you know, see how they went with the drunken commentary out. I don't know. But um, in any case, release the whole fucking draw so I can figure out which games I'm going to go down to and, you know, we can start planning events around things as well. so retarded. I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. It makes no exactly. sense. And um, it's not like no one's ever brought it up before. It's not like no one's ever said, you know, well, why don't you release the whole draw? Like, this has been going on for years. Yep. Listen to your fans. It's the lifeblood of the game. Yep. You know, we just happen to be the ones that pay for pay television and pay to get in to see games and pay for merchandise. Might, you would call us a revenue stream. You'd think so. You would say that we, would we even fund part of what the NRL fairly important stakeholders in the goings the on every week. of the week to week goings on of the NRL so I don't know if I was going to listen to anyone I'd probably listen to the people that uh, indirectly pay the bills just saying yep yep now the game itself I mean you know there will be a bit of feeling in it so I think it's I think the, the game itself is great uh, Thursday night uh, the reason why is because there's going to be a one day international on the on the Friday night I think but in the cricket but who fucking cares is is I mean, that's, that's Channel 9 once again raping the, the game that they have the rights to. What the fuck? Because they've got the rights to the cricket as well. So, that? I imagine what's going to happen on the Friday night is that they're going to have that, the cricket will be a one day, it'll probably be a day night or so when that you know, sort of starts after lunch. People lost interest in one day is <coughs> when Murph Hughes retired. Yeah. So what they'll do, it'll be a, it'll be a day night or so, it'll start in the early afternoon, go through and it'll be finished by um, 9.30 at night. At which time it's like the usual, you know, like Friday night's been uh, through last season and I had the 9.30 game wow. as a separate game. Um, yeah, there's some other things. It gets things, worse. Some other things in the draw that came out uh, the, the this week that are, is just interesting to talk about. Um, there's going to be a standalone weekend for the representative matches. The Anzac Day test is going to be a Friday night. Um, a Toyota Cup State of Origin game on a Saturday night. And then the City Country match on the Sunday in Mudgy, so and there there will be no NRL that weekend, so it'll actually be a stand three games standalone. How far is that from here? How long's day to get to Mudgy? For us to get to Mudgy, yeah. it's like five hours from Sydney Drive or four hours, four hours north. You know Kylie that uh, goes to Manly games. Yeah, she lives at Mudgy. Sweet fucking Jesus! So she goes. To, she drives like four or five hours to get to Brookvale for every home game. That's from, very from interesting. There. Yeah. Mm. So well, it's it's a city country. I'd <laughs> like to catch a city country game as well. But yeah, Mudgy's pretty far. I mean, yeah, maybe Kylie can. Uh, Give some tips on how we how we make it down. But be, yeah, but see, I mean, where's your airport take? in Mudgie? Well, it only takes crop dusters. Yeah, and and bi- gliders, biplanes, biplanes, ultralights. <laughs> basically, any paper plane. airplane. You can take your paper airplane to Mudgie Airport. Basically, any plane you build yourself from a kit, <laughs> whether it's a, a box of photocopy paper or an actual kit for a Look, plane. Look, if anyone's got any paddle pop sticks they want to donate, I've got a plane to make. 
All right. I wonder where the, uh, the Anzac test is going to be played. I mean, we only scored it, luckily, this year because of the, the stuff in Christchurch. Maybe they'll send it back over to New Zealand. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it might be good question. Yeah, cause we Although, it was, being held, it was being held in Brisbane, yeah. No, remember, remember we were getting it was it was going to be in wasn't it going to be in New Zealand and then they switched it to yeah. to Skilled because of the earthquakes. Yeah, that's and true. That was, I think that was the only reason we got to to see it. I think or was it moved from Brisbane? No, it was, I think it was moved from it was moved from New Zealand, wasn't it? Yeah, it was moved yeah. from New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. <coughs> okay. Anyway, and uh, Good too Friday. There's going to be double header on Good Friday, uh, an afternoon match and an, an evening match. So that's good too. Yes. Very happy with that. Both in Sydney, obviously. I, that I don't know. It doesn't say. You because say. the whole fucking draw's not done yet. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> reviews. Finally, we got some reviews. Yes. Four Nations, game number one, Australia 26 defeated New Zealand 12. Australia took out the Kiwis again, and although they weren't as impressive as they were in Newcastle, it was still a fairly comfortable victory nonetheless. Just like the last game, though, Australia scored almost immediately, Matt Scott busting through some weak defence in just the second minute of the play. JT converted, six points to nil. Took until twen- the 28th minute for Australia to extend the lead, and it was big T-Rex scoring the try. Thurston was on target with the conversion again, and it was 12-0. T-Rex involved in the next try, making a massive break from about 25 metres out. Put Thurston away. Thurston, he was probably the wrong option to, 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 to pass to. I was surprised end. when he went inside and he had an unmarked guy on two, his two, outside. I think he had two, two, two yeah. guys on his, on his left pass inside to Thurston. And... Thurston did some miraculous shit in the football. Yeah, like, almost, almost made a meal of it, but got it yeah. down. Try awarded. Uh, missed the goal, though, and it was 16-0 into Oranges. Second half, New Zealand got on the board first in the 48th minute of play with a try to Jason Nightingale. Benji added the extras. It was 16-6. We had a ball game. The Aussie lead was further reduced eight minutes later when the Kiwis scored their second try of the game through Fi-Fi Law and following another Benji conversion. As I said, probably a record for him, two in a game. It was 16 points to 12. You're such a cock. <laughs> I know, he got that, that game where he scored like five goals against the Warriors or something, I know, I know. Australia, well, they woke from their slumber, got themselves back into the groove, and in the 65th minute, they extended their lead through a soft try to Darius Boyd. Conversion was successful, and it was 22-12. Ten minutes later, all over Red Rover as Billy Slater put in a grubber that kicked off the Uate Parte. The try taking Australia out to their final scoreline of 26 points to 12. Three tries for the Uate Parte in two games of test yes. footy. What a record he's going to have when he's when it's all said and done, mate. He's going to have probably probably thirty tries by the end of this Four Nations. I saw a photo in one of the game reports. I don't know if it was on NRL or, or one of the other new sites, but um, where it had Uate in, in full flight, yeah, and both feet were off the ground. His yeah. legs were like, oh my god. He, be, I mean, that was a, it was like, a tough one to get. Fuck me trying to tackle that. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> And T Rex, I mean, my God, how stupid did he make? Ben well, he's Gillis? much the same. Like, yeah, like trying to tackle that him in full flight. That break he made though is like Benji was just like I don't want anything to do with it. He just, he, he sort of made the dive. Well, Benji's like, not exactly in a minority. There. I don't no, know how many but, people. Would, he's, given the fact he's a like, professional rugby league player, you'd probably think he'd make a better attempt. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like, it wasn't a tackle bus that got him through. He just sailed clean yeah. through, and Benji kind of did the whole diving. I'm, I'm trying to tackle him, but yeah, not really. Wasn't really <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> Benji's not paid to tackle, mate. 
You need to remember that. <laughs> no, but I remember that he, pass. He's not he did, Dallas Johnson. Really sticks out that pass. He did that big cutout pass. He did that cut out like five guys and just roll in front of the feet of the of the, <laughs> of the winger or the, probably the center. I don't think he got that. I was like, yeah, okay, Benji. So a lot of people make a big deal about that. When you see that often, yeah. you're just desensitized. <laughs> yeah, just- yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's like um, you know, sometimes, I'm not going to say all the time, but I mean, like a lot of the time with the Tigers, it's offset by good stuff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like a, a majority of the time, he'll do more good things in a game than he'll have clangers, but the clangers, you still go, whoa. Like, there's such a cavern between his best and his worst. What do you call him like... I'm trying to think, we need a new name for Benji. Like, God, yeah, it's not not doing it. It's not. He's, he's not. Uh, he's not. You know, omniscient enough. He's not omnipotent enough. I mean, he's like a ten minute player. Fucking use words that I understand. He's like, ten, he's like ten to fifteen minute player a game. So I mean, I, I call him two minute noodles, but it's actually about ten minutes he plays. Fucking please, <laughs> it's a disgrace. <laughs> so what's ten minutes? What's something? That, what's something that takes ten minutes? Um, <laughs> you only sex five times. Yeah, I was going to say ten, but anyway. <laughs> You got anything else to add on this game? You want to talk about Hino? Oh, no, sorry, that's the next game with Hino. That's the next game. I was, trying to think, look, I was just thinking West Tigers on I, the brain. I just think uh, Isaac Luke, he's, he's got this clear-cut path. He wants to be a villain. For, for More than anything else, he wants. He just wants to be a villain. And much like Letters, you can sort of see the guys yeah. are like, oh, I want just, to lift my should, team. But you just expect them. Like, I, I picture them running out in like capes and like <laughs> fucking balaclavas. And, and they just, whenever they get the ball, they just need to play some sort of like you know, villainous sort of music. Yeah, yeah. It was like the Imperial March from Star Wars. I knew you were going to come up with that, but I couldn't really... It's, dun, it's a quintessential... That's actually not far... Not a million miles off the mark, is it? That's that's perfect. That's that's perfect. Uh, listeners Chalk of the it show, up. Chalk it up. Listeners who, real, who, real, who know that uh, Glenn hasn't seen any movies will be very impressed that not only has he seen the movie... <laughs> But he actually, uh, I've been foxing this whole time. He faithfully reproduced some music from movie. That's incredible. Exactly right. Tim Sheens, he would have been, he would have been absolutely shitting himself at sixteen, twelve. He's like, oh my god, and the Kiwi's going to run us down again, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off kicks like off arsy plays too. Like that kick that Foran put up and it just spilled the ground. Yeah. Like the irony, the irony would have been Sheensy watching on as Benji Marshall like put someone into a hole or close the game out, and we're like, wow, fuck, if only had have done that a month ago. <laughs> I think New Zealand were competitive for, for half of the game, but you still got the feeling that the Kangaroos were never really going to lose. Yeah, and game. the problem was it was the wrong half of the game. It was the half of the game that um, took place after they were down 16 nothing. And the fact that they, were being, that they were softened up so harshly in the first 15, 20 minutes of the game really come back and bit them. They couldn't really um, get that those final couple of plays to to run home with it. And, and Australia, I think they were... I think they sort of cruised through most of that game, and they and, certainly and cruised through the part where the comeback took place. I mean, because yeah. those the two the two tries that the Kiwi scored were very lazy. Kind of, they both broken field. Like there was the first one, the kick off four, and and the ball went around and bounced back and pinballed around, and then Nightingale got it and scored. And the second one was a bit of broken play where the their line they kind of their line went up a bit staggered because the ball got dropped and went out the back, and mm. you know the Kiwis ran back, picked it up, and somehow made the break. Yeah, you could also argue that the try they scored before New Zealand mounted their comeback, the, the Boyd try was fairly simple. It was then, just catching pass. Well, well executed um, which probably gave them sort of every reason to sort of clock off a little bit and allowed the comeback and then finally when the chips were down and, and the comeback was supposedly on that they yep. put the try on for Uate and that was that so not that they were ever really troubled I don't think and New Zealand's got some improvement left in them but as we said before it's got to come as a result of, of, of their their play and their skill yep. in attack because they're not going to out they're not going to out muscle the Australians and they're not going to out aggr- not going to be 
out aggressive them if that out aggress them. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't fucking know. I'm having trouble with my yeah. words tonight. English yeah. is my second language. I understand what you're saying, though. English is my single, second language. Um, so they, they really can't rely on that. It's not 1984 anymore. No. Yeah. No, exactly. Bring your skill to the table or don't bother. And that's the thing, though. The, 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 I'm not going to say it's a golf between the sides, but there is a gap between the sides. And you see, like, the Kiwis have to pull something out of the hat to, to score tries. And then Australia just goes switch on and just do simple sort of catch and pass. And, yeah. you know, you get the soft tries to Fluffy, the soft try to the softest try to Thurston after a really soft break, you know, from yeah. T-Rex. And um, I mean, then you thought, yeah, soft try, Matt Scott. I mean, his try was softer as well. Oh, like, that was... Second, that was the first try of the game, and that was second, the softest one of the Second, lot, so. second minute of the game, and, and, a, and a prop just runs through. They just, you know, sort of fake the cutout pass. He took the ball and just crashed to about four guys, and you know, a yeah. bit of a right foot step, and he's through. So yeah, I mean, based on based on the weekend's games, you'd say Australia's cruising so far, and they've looked that way in tournaments before and come unstuck. But so far, so good. Second game, England forty-two defeated Wales four. Absolute rout in this game with the Poms taking an easy win against the hapless Welsh. Hero of the match, Sam Tompkins, opened his account early with a try almost immediately, put the Welsh on the back foot and following a try to Kirk Yeaman and Tompkins second, England went into half time with a fourteen nil lead. Second half, even worse for the Welsh, with English, English the English reducing their mistakes and laying on the points with another two tries to Tompkins, total of four for the match for him, and one to the English Brett Dallas, Jack Reed. Blowing the scoreline out to 30 nil, The Welsh got on board with a try to Elliot Keir, but alas, it was the only points they would score on the day. England ran in a further two tries through Widop and Hino. Final scoreline blew out to 42 points to four. Yeah, much has been said about Tompkins in this game getting getting four tries and looking like a genius. Yeah, and if, could, if they could have hit goals, it would have been 50-odd. I mean, like yeah. they missed a lot of goals. Yeah, Wales... I'm not sure if they're better or worse than PNG, but I think, um, I'd, I'd I like think they're a little bit worse. I'd, I'd like to think that they're better, but we will have to, the real test comes this week for them because it's how they play against your teams like you know New Zealand, Australia, England. We don't know how good England are yet. Yeah, that that tells me nothing. That, that, well, that could that, be... that's my point about Tompkins. I mean, there's a lot of people saying that he could cut it in the NRL, and and that may well be the case. But I, I saw a story in. He was fairly humble in the end, but the story was basically trumpeting him, um, having modelled his game on Billy Slater, and he, yeah. you know, he was on the way to, to emulating his style of play. And I'm not saying he's never going to get there, but he's a fucking long way away. And I think yeah. he needs to do more than the footy equivalent of kicking his grandmother in the vagina um, <laughs> to, before he's going to be anointed the next Billy Slater. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Give me a break. Let's yeah. see what he does against Australia and against the yeah. actual Billy Slater. And, and, and the other thing as up. well is that the the Australian team. You look at the Australian team and um the the, the backbone of that side. Well, there's, there's basically two groups and they both play together in the toughest footballing state of origin. You know, like you got a massive bunch of Queenslanders and you got the New South Wales guys. I mean, the team is pretty well formed. Plus, you have like you know some some combinations like you know the Storm guys. You yeah. know, play together week in week out. Then you look at the Kiwis. And then you've got just blind ability in other yeah. positions. Yeah. Like you but, then, boy, but then you look at the Kiwis. Are, you know, look at the Kiwis, and they've got like a you know they've got a foundation of Warriors of Warriors players, and they played it. You know, they've they've got that consistency. The English, they've obviously got some players. You know, uh, from the ESL, and their team, the English team, remains fairly consistent. No matter how well it performs, which you know, for better or for worse. Then you look at the Welsh team; they picked some guys out the back of butt fuck fucking, yeah, you know, oh, Wales, <laughs> Cyril Butchers, you know, in yeah. in Australia, you know, park football. Then they got some guys, you know, from the Comets um, and Mackay uh, from the QRL. Then you've got some Welsh guys, you got some guys in the ESL, and you got a couple of actual Wales, yeah, in there. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> an orca. <laughs> orca playing hooker. Orca and killer. By name and, um, only. <laughs> Minky at fullback. And, um, <laughs> Don't forget the fullback sperm. <laughs> and... Um, so the Welsh, I mean, I'm, so I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read too much into this this game for the Welsh because it's probably the first time. They, I mean, well, it's the second time these guys have played together. I mean, they had a bit of a, a smash up against uh, Ireland uh, the other week. Um, before, hey, they beat France to make it. Yeah, how shit must France be? Yeah. However, having said that, I mean, nothing th- would ever come this, out of France. This Welsh side isn't the same side that beat France to get into the into the comp either because. They wouldn't have just drawn all these guys from the QRL, and they wouldn't have played in that qualifying game. I'm sure of it. Oh, okay. So, um, that makes France look even worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. Would French try to hit a couple of fucking croissants against them or something? Well, I remember t- what was I watching on the weekend where I heard people saying that uh, in that French rugby used to be French league used to be awesome, but um, around the time of World War Two, they just they shut it down. Yeah, and yeah. they kind of before that. Prior to that, they were they were competitive, and they shut it down over World War Two, and then they've just never really recovered, uh, you know, to any great heights. Much since. like the country itself. Oh, no, France is awesome. Don't fucking stick up for the frogs. I stick the up for the country. Wrong with you? Country's awesome. Speaking of the country, it's fine. Speaking, except for the French people. Speaking of the country, at the, moment, at, the moment, at the moment, at the moment, two-time co-host of the show, Kate. Got engaged yesterday. Yes, in France. How to bring that? What for a the, great story! Full circle. That France, is a great story. France into this week in league, making an honest woman out of her. Exactly. Theoretically. Theoretically speaking. <laughs> and take more than a fucking wedding ring to do that. Just quietly. <laughs> um, I was just going. I was going to ask you if you met her, and then I remembered. Yeah, you, you met her, which was yeah. I was completely super, stone super, cold sober, me. Yeah, when, when, she, when we were all super drunk at the origin. That's right. Um, <laughs> I just. I, Gary Schofield is the English Artie Beetson. He's he's always got a quote. Yeah, dollar quote. He's he's been fairly critical of some of the um some of the Australian base players that are, are turning out for England. Obviously, Hino and Jack Reed, and um, it's you know he's he's saying it's a, it's a farce, it's a disgrace that these blokes are able to play for England. And I just wonder what he would prefer. Like, would you have a, rather have a team featuring these guys that are obviously of a higher caliber? Yeah. That getting due to some you know grey areas in the eligibility eligibility. But l- let's fucking hell. But let's be clear about Jack Reed though. Both parents. I couldn't even say the word. Thanks for covering that up. Yeah. Man. Let, but let's be Pick very let's be very clear about though. Both his parents are English. Yeah. He and was he was born, born there. there yeah. Moved down when he was like nine. Yeah. I mean, Hyington's got a town named after him. He's, pl- he's plenty fucking English. Honest to God. And I just. Would he rather that, or would he'd rather those guys out of the side and replaced by guys, let's say, a half? Yep. Two-thirds is good? Yep. The guys that play in the ESL every week are going to benefit from playing alongside the guys like Hino, Jack Reed, Widop. Even yeah. like Widop, exactly. Like, Jack Reed's only played one season of first grade. Would fucking kill it in the yep. ESL. Yeah. And showed with his, the, the way he defends... Those guys are going to become better players by this experience of playing with these NRL guys, yep. and that's why they, you're starting to see more of these guys come over. And let's not forget, you know, the Burgess boys. If they were, um, if they you know, played, if they, if they actually <laughs> played football anymore, they seem to drink a lot of coffee in Redfern. But if they were still footballers, appear on the footy show, sorry, appear on the TV appearances on the footy show. Yeah, they're in danger of becoming the Lindsay Lowen and Paris Hiltons of the NRL. Yeah, I think George, George George plays Stewie on the Family Guy. I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> or at the very least, his character was bloody model them. <laughs> yeah, I just I wonder if he'd rather that or or, or several years of ass kickings because the progression of of the English national team with those guys being involved is actually going to be helped. I feel, and yeah. the, the quality of the players around them, just based on the the fact that these these guys are full time professionals in the toughest competition in the world, they're yep. going to benefit from playing alongside them. So. They're eligible. Put them in there. Yeah, shut up, Get the benefit out of it. Just shut up, Gary. Yeah. Look. No, Gary, no. (laughs) (laughs) He stopped being relevant 10 years ago. Like, (laughs) Jesus. He did. I don't have anything else to say about that game. Um, No, it was sad to see the Wales get done by so much, and I was hoping they were going to be more competitive than what they actually turned out to be. And I suspect that that's probably going to be their strongest performance, given it was against England. Not that, the, not that the guys playing for Mackay Cutters would have had anything, any sort of inherent, uh, you know, hatred of the of the mother country. Yeah. Really, you know, like most, <laughs> yeah. you know, someone in downtown Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. You know, that uh, guy's going to go and slit the throat yeah. of an Englishman. I think uh, it's. I mean, it's not really cliche. I, mean, I think we're going to see. Be- I think we're going to have a better picture of how both of these sides are going to fare after this weekend. Yeah, because I, I mean, England beating up on an opponent that you know hasn't had the chance to gel and are the weaker side in the competition anyway. Yeah. Versus the side, and, you know, then there's the flip side, you know, Wales, you know, they get, you know, a couple of games together. Will they be more competitive than PNG? Yeah, I just, I think after this week, we might be comparing um, Sam Tompkins to, you know, someone other than Billy, Billy Slater. Maybe okay. Colin Best or something. <laughs> <laughs> John Morris or... Well, John Morris, I mean, he's one of the greatest players in the NRL. Terrence according to some people. You. Jesus, he's never going to be that shit. Chris Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on, on the poor bloke. Previews. Now, these times here, I'm not 100%. I was, I was busy. I did, and I was... You know, I don't want this to be a mathematician. Time. Yeah, that could be. And also, you've got to take into account... Which is uh, about fucking da- 20 years ago. Well, you've got to take into account that there's daylight saving as well. So, Sydney listeners, this could be something altogether different for you guys. And, I, you know, my brain hurts thinking about this shit. The time's irrelevant. I think around 11pm on Saturday night, though, it's a double header for the Four Nations this week. The first game, 11pm Saturday night, or thereabouts, Wales versus New Zealand. I think Wales are going to get thumped. <laughs> yeah, uh, New Zealand, they've had... If you look at what New Zealand did to PNG in the last four nations... Yeah. Uh, they showed no mercy, man. Yeah, but uh, I think the, the, also New Zealand's been um, you know, beaten up by their big brother two two weeks in a row now. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's time for them to uh, to, to and now, break out know, the pimp hand and... They get, they've been smacked by their dad yeah. a couple of times, so now they're going to go and kick the dog. Let them know who's understudy to the boss. <laughs> <laughs> the understudy to the understudy. Um, if, if England is a 42-4... If 42-4, Sam Tompkins can score four tries, Benji Marshall will tear the Welsh defence, if that's what you can call to it, the point, apart. To the, to the point where, where Lottie Takiri would be like, damn, I wish I was a Kiwi. I could maybe get that elusive hat-trick. <laughs> Lottie would never wish that ever in his life might wish he was a Fijian oh yeah. wait he actually is but you um, might see guys like Fi Fi Law and, uh, and uh, Nightingale maybe one of those two will get a hat trick yeah they could break ribs by the amount of times they're going to dive over the try line <laughs> <laughs> boys just put just put the ball down with your hands no stop the diving <laughs> too many injuries 
So let's nominate a scoreline here. 42-4, the English beat yeah, the Welsh. New Zealand will definitely crack 50. Well, goal kicking is the only thing that cost England uh, England their 50. And let's face it, if Benji's on the goal kicking... 52. Yep. Based on 13 tries. <laughs> None from 13. <laughs> we'll probably have a penalty goal to kick. We want to settle it down, so it'll be none from 14. He'll miss a penalty goal too. <laughs> I'll get like 48 based on 12 tries. <laughs> no, they'll definitely crack 50. Um, I think Wales might get a try early and a try late. Yeah, I So let's say 52 to 10. Yeah. That's actually a fair scoreline, I think. And, uh, yeah, I do think Wales will probably benefit from some some improved cohesion in attack after just having it just being better for the run. But I, I, unless their defence markedly... I mean, defence is not something that fixes itself in a week. And I think the Kiwis, they'll, they'll be uh, angry and looking to um, looking to take it out on poor old Welshies, I think. Yes. Second game. Ridiculous notion is having this as a second game because it makes it 1.30am. England versus Australia. Well, who's going to stay up to watch... New Zealand play Wales. That's the thing. Hey, I mean, they put that on first as, as almost like a sedative, then the good game second. <laughs> I mean, it's like put, it, it's like putting Parramatta and Newcastle on before, like, you know, some top of the table clash, of which Parramatta and Newcastle would would never be, except for the time when it was a grand final. But <laughs> for the purpose of my argument, <laughs> let's ignore that. Let's forget that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I don't think England's going to have much of a hope in hell against Australia and. I think the Kangaroos will be fairly untroubled and probably cruise through. I'm not sure they'll, they'll beat them by as much as New Zealand probably would. I think Australia will probably be fairly conservative once the game's in their in their keeping, and I'm not sure they'll really go on with it and put yep. a massive score on. But and uh, Tompkins will get another four uh, touches of the ball. Yeah, <laughs> that's about, that's about as, as close as he's going to go. Fuck, he's going to be tested that boy and. If he's up to it, then he, he'll go all right against the Kangaroos, and it might get some sort of is you know his stock as far as playing in the NRL might gain some steam based on his performances against the Kangaroos because um, at the moment he's been fairly unsighted in the times where he has played. Yep. So this <laughs> is his big chance. And um, geez, T Rex. I think he's going to. Um, I think he's going to be found wanting. That's just my personal opinion. And lining up T Rex against some uh, against like ESL standard defence. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to. Absolutely bloodbath. I'm not sure. I think Jack Reed will probably hold his own out there, but um, unfortunately, they've got another side of the field with people not named Jack Reed. Yeah. And I think they'll go right through the forwards. Um, with obviously, you know, they've got the West Tigers back row, or two thirds of it, and um, that'll hold them in good stead. But they won't score enough points, and they won't make enough tackles to beat Australia. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're not saying that they're going to win based on the fact that they've just got you know they've got more Tigers. Well, equal number of Tigers, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess the coach being Australian, that, that tips it in Australia's favour. 3-2. Well, exactly. And, and, and you know, Betty. Betty's in there too, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Right centre. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Right inside the field. That's what I'm saying. Betty White's big source. And oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, three right. versus the, the, the Hino and uh, Gaddeth. Um, <sighs> I think Australia win. I think Australia will win probably better than they beat New Zealand this last time around. So that's... Saying they're going to be in my mind 14. I say it's probably a 20 point win, something in the vicinity 30 10. Sounds like a fair scoreline to me. Yeah, I'd say like 30 to 4, something like that. Only four points. 32 to 4, yeah. 32 to 4, all right. Consolation try at the end of the game. In any case, Australia's. When, Australia's, when, when half Australia's side's already walked off the park, and uh, Poms will probably 
run a try over or kick four field goals. Yeah, in Australia, and yeah, in any case, um, for our English listeners, uh, that's the prediction: Australia is going to whip England's ass. Yeah, badly, exactly right, badly. And no matter what you say, we'll change that. Australia's going to give them a bath because God knows they can't do it they for themselves. They will give them a toweling. <laughs> they so, say so desperately fucking need. That's full time for episode 72. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Facebook, I haven't had a look at who the latest... The latest 818. Series. 818, okay. And we've cracked 1,700 Twitter followers. Shit, that's all right. That's been quietly going up. Yep. Haven't really been keeping we've been it on. been smashing it lately. I've, I've gone there every week to make sure that we're following all our new guys that are relevant, relevant yep. and not uh, bots or um, just people that have obviously spammed. Yeah, yeah. And um, I always try and follow everyone that... that is quite clearly legitimate and um yeah there's times where it goes up by like 20 or 30 in a week so yeah cool yeah, that'll be the next milestone look oh, i guess well gee we could probably based on that rate we'd probably be looking at uh 2000 on twitter and and a thousand on facebook i reckon similar kind of time maybe yeah but um yeah shit, that'd be awesome mailbox Start of next season maybe Yep, yep. Now mailbox we got some mail via facebook from a listener who actually lives in dubai through the week and uh, can provide some insight on sport over there, and specifically his opinion on how a World Club Challenge game would fare. Did he give me shit as to not really being up on the geography of the whole area? None. Thank God for that. I deserved it. Must be a new, he must be a new listener. He hasn't realised... How the, ignorant I am. Name, <laughs> name of uh, Clay Metiard, and um, hopefully I pronounce your name right, Clay. This is what he said. Guys, I... How limit- do you get Clay wrong? His, his name Dick knows. <laughs> Guys, I live in Dubai and I think the World Club Challenge here would be excellent and well attended. The AFL plays a game here every so often and as a Sydney guy, I'm sick of everyone I meet asking me about AFL. Give the NRL a go here live and it will kick ass. Rugby Union is very big here but league is known amongst the Aussie, Kiwi and British expats. The weather today is low 30s with low humidity. Weather in February would be about the same. Perfect for football. The Rugby Sevens are hosted here every December and here is a pick of where they, where they play and where the WCC game would be played if it was played in Dubai um, and so he's attached a, uh, an image um, and it says here's 30,000 people free flowing beer in sunny not too hot conditions I would even watch fucking Manly play so uh, Jeez, it must be good yeah and I'll put the picture that he sent through I'll stick a, a link to it on the um, he must be a on, Tigers fan on, on the website sounds I, like a good bloke Clay yeah yeah I mean clearly not Pigeon a Tigers fan <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he's a Tigers fan, and maybe he's in Dubai because he's, um, you know, he doesn't feel like going to his new job, so he's just going to sit it out for a year in Dubai. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he wants to go up to that uh, helipad slash tennis court and jump off. Yeah, no, much and, like I did and, uh, <laughs> back in September. <laughs> and um, we did have comments about you know English listeners did did like the idea of um. Having Leeds kicked in the balls off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, of, of the edge of the Burkhalarab or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, so I will put a, an image. It's uh, um, the stadium. It's a reasonable, a reasonable cost. So I say thirty thousand. I thought it was more like a twenty thousand. Um, but yeah, it looks funny. It's like the picture's great because it's kind of taken from a semi-aerial shot, like sort of on an angle, so you can see the ground and you can see the four stands and um, you can see the field with the you know the goalposts and everything. And immediately surrounding the ground, it's just a like fucking desert. Wow, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, so thanks very much. Um, and you know, anyone else who wants to send us uh, something on Facebook or on the site or whatever, by all means, 
uh, send it through. Uh, we'll read it out in the show, um, especially when it's relevant to you know shit that we've clearly know nothing about. Um, like the, the geography of the Middle East, <laughs> like the Middle East, and, and how sport actually happens over there. Um, iTunes. Fuck, we're ignorant. Yeah. For two people times. that host the uh, greatest rugby league podcast in the world, yeah, we, we may be boasting. We but know, we know that's so little of the world. <laughs> Fuck, we're ignorant, and the shit we'll carry on about when we know nothing about it, and quite openly say we know nothing about this. We don't talk about it anyway. Yeah, well, and people still tune in every week. That's that's a beautiful Fucking thing. You're saints to, they are. You're allowed to. I mean, we're allowed to have an opinion even if we don't know anything about it. But it's based on nothing. No, a well, well, lack of intelligence. To, to be Certainly fair, on my part. To be fair, I have been to Dubai, but I didn't actually see any sport over there. I saw alcohol. Oh, now, I, saw, got, I saw alcohol. Yeah, you got to play on the fact that I'm a little Aussie battler trying to make his way in a tough, harsh world, and didn't haven't been to Dubai yet. This is where I fucking need you turn that around nicely. Well, well, well. Excuse me. You finished? Have you ever been to Mudgee? No. Good. Have you? No. No, but that may change next year. Well, it may change for me too then. Excellent. Look out, Mudgee, we're coming your way. Yeah, we'll go then. You've got to drive. You. Just go. Go to Mudgee then. So fucking la di da, Glenn's going to Mudgee. <laughs> la di da, you've been to Dubai. I'm going to Mudgee. <laughs> iTunes, no new reviews this week as we're winding it's the down. Dubai pretty much, of Northern for, New South Wales. <laughs> winding down for season 2011. Keep the reviews coming through, though, guys. Um, although yeah, it is starting to wind down for the end until the end of the season. We never wind down. Fuck this winding do. down bullshit. Of course we do. Well, we do, but well, our we fans do. shouldn't. <laughs> Well, I fans some some fans wind wind down uh, at full time around twenty six. Para basically eight <laughs> Para teams fans. Worth, eight teams worth of fans, <laughs> <laughs> and so you get some teams like sharks and that. I mean, they probably give up in round five. Oh, I mean, see, we're a shark man round three. I can't three. condone this sharks hate. I mean, shark, just signed a Dalian medalist. Shark man, shark man jumped off. He, he, he jumped off the show and the team and Twitter and life in round jumped three. Out of life in round three of season two thousand and eleven. Um. And finally, website become a mighty member of the mighty Twill Nation by signing up <laughs> this week. Mighty member of the mighty Twill Nation. Oh, why not? Like the mighty Manly Seagulls, oh, oh, become a mighty member. And uh, continue. And we're just talking about. I was just talking for the show. Uh, I think we're going to do a bit of redesign on the side as well, just because you know what? Fucking why not? Um, really? Yeah. And the hosting side of things. Uh, on the weekend, I signed up with our new host. Um, it'll take some time to move the back catalogue across. So anyone who's working their way through the uh, back catalogue. You'll be able to go to thisweekinleague.com and look at the actual blog posts uh, for each episode release, and the link to the episode to download will still be there, and that will remain uninterrupted. However, through iTunes, you might find that you know, like the the back catalogue slowly. I'll start from the more recent episodes, work way back. I think I've got about the last sort of ten, fifteen up there, and so over the course of the off season, we'll get uh, all the episodes up there, and um, they'll all be accessible from iTunes again. However, um, in the short term, though, there'll probably be a little bit of disruption to the ones you can get from iTunes. And from this point on, though, all new ones will be going up on the new host. And things you'll find, the one thing I found today when I was testing it, it's faster download. Like, none of this, you know... That'll please a lot of people. None of this 20 seconds of blazing speed, then throttling and taking, like, a fucking hour for the other 95% of the episode. This time, it'll just, you know, you'll get the lot down in a minute. It's great. Um... Also, people who uh, used to utilise the MP3 version of the of the, the show, that's coming back again. Um, the current host, as you know, 
they uh, they put kibosh in that around the middle of October, so we haven't been able to do it for a couple of weeks. Or actually, no, I think it was the, the start of October, so we haven't been able, to ha- been able to do the MP3 version for a couple of weeks. And we do this because we love you, bitches. Exactly. Exactly. We love you, and we're going to give you one. And also, there's some good stuff like, you know, good player, embeddable players um, that we can we can embed it on our website, so it's a better player than the one we've got at the moment. Plus, you know, you can get the code, and you can actually embed it if you've got your own site. You can actually just grab the, the player embed code and embed it on your own site. Nice. So, that's pretty cool. People want to spread the word, that sort of thing. Um, and that's it. That's all I've got. Let's kick some pommy ass. Well, that goes without saying. Can't it's got wait. that feeling of inevitability to it, like the, the grand final had. Yeah, you know, it feels like oh, super confident, can't lose, <laughs> no chance of defeat. Yeah, None. I was the same way in Tigers versus Warriors game. I was like supremely confident. This is this is a genuine victory coming up right here. Oh wait, there's a difference in the two situations though. Well, there is, there is. One I can't remember true. what. It does it's not? It's not staring me in the face. I can't realise what it is. <laughs> and uh, we're only hopefully. Well, with this game, the English game, English game out of the way, the New Zealand game is out of the way for Australia, leaves the Welsh game. With any luck, hopefully they throw Cherry in there. Get I'm himself, surprised that he's not playing against England. We'd definitely be able to run our B-side against England and win. Yeah, I guess it's just like the Thurston needs more goal-kicking practice. I mean, he can kick the ridiculous ones from the touchline and the from corner post. From the corner post, but... Um, Put him on an actual game situation. You can't kick one from twenty meters to the fucking left of the upright. Well, I mean, it's not going on YouTube. He doesn't put the effort in. I guess that's it. That's it for me. See you next week. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>